0: Welcome to the show. A special show today, a celebration of the life and music of Bill Bourne, Canadian folk music legend who passed away April 16th. Bill Bourne had a distinctive sound in his music and definitely a distinctive way of living and was loved by all. In the past week performers and audience alike have shown an outpouring of what Bill has meant to them over the years. We are all realizing today what a strong part he was in the communal joy we call folk festivals. I'm hoping the show will simply be awash with the joy of his music. Besides the music, I was lucky to get my friend Nathan Rogers to come on and share his love of and stories about Bill, who was his lifelong friend, mentor and hero. And in the second hour, I'm excited to play an actual interview that I did with Bill in 2011 as he came to town to play at the West End. Almost a caricature of himself with his top hat and distinctive singing voice, Bill compiled a dozen solo albums and many albums in a series of group collaborations, including Born in McLeod with the Tannehill Weavers with Shannon Johnson the Radio Free Dance Band, Boontang, and finally, Tricontinental. There were several Juno nominations, including a win for Born and MacLeod for Dance and Celebrate. We started the show with Lost on the Bayou from that award-winning, much-loved album, a favorite suggested by Phil. As we launch into the first set, we'll keep that unique winning energy of guitar, voice, and bagpipe going. With more Bourne and McLeod and some Tannehill Weavers, this is a tribute to Bill Bourne. This is The House on Planet Mainstage on 101.5, UMFM and UMFM.com.
1: forever and our brothers and our sisters we can live together let us build a brand new house filled with love and kindness maybe when the new day comes there the lord will find us now see the people of the world struggle for their freedom see the politician turn and lie about the reason yeah see the rich man use his power to hold his high position see the poor man's lonely hour his spirit in remission say let us build a brand new house wonder if we stand forever And our brothers and our sisters We can live together Feel the fear within your heart Not knowing where we're going Fear that keeps us all apart And keeps the truth from showing Y'all see the war machine in place See the people starving Oh God, but for the grace of you We all be dying Say, let us build a brand new house I wonder will stand forever And our brothers and our sisters We can live together See, let us build a brand new house Filled with love and kindness Maybe when the new day comes There the Lord will find us Tomorrow See her pardon her trust in God Who takes away her sorrow Now hear the cry within your heart And no man cares to listen We all must take our brother's part Asserting our position Say let us build a brand new house a wonder will stand forever And our brothers Sisters, we can live together Say, let us build a brand new house Filled with love and kindness Maybe when the new day comes There the Lord will find us Let us build a brand new house A one that will stand forever
0: Hi, John here. Today on Planet Mainstage, a tribute to the legendary Canadian folk music icon, Bill Bourne, who passed away on April 16th. Bill Bourne, Alan MacLeod, Joyful Energy, Oblio from Midnight Dancer, John McKenzie's Fancy, the Tannehill Weavers, and the House from Dance and Celebrate. Winnipeg singer-songwriter Nathan Rogers has, like many, been grappling a lot with the passing of Bill Bourne, trying, like many, to express his grief on social media. One of the more beautiful things he did was a beautiful cover of one of Bill's songs. When I asked him if I could use it on my show, he said yes. But he also offered to come on the show and share what his long-term friendship with Bill had meant. I said you're on. So, hi Nathan. Thanks Hello. for doing this. I feel blessed as never before that right now we are able to light up the billboard candle together here for everyone. And uh,
2: he was a fantastic artist, and I, I think for those people who are not familiar, they're they're going to gain a familiarity with just 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 what this guy was
0: about. It's pretty neat, cat. So let's uh, listen to a little bit of a song called grace for about a minute or so here. A great example of the unique musical quality of bill bourne i i call it i call it playfulness and uh the joy of music what do you think
2: yeah i you know that grace uh, his song grace uh, is it's a it is as you said a really fine example of sort of uh what he, what he was about musically um there's a there's a simplicity to the chord structure um but that also leaves a lot of space open for improvisation and stuff. Um, yeah, that version reminded me a lot of the versions that he would play with uh, Tricontinental. Um, it sounded like that was actually Lester Quitzel on slide guitar or something there. Um, and yeah, um, there's something particular about that the drive, the kind of pulse uh, to that song, which kind of had a. Like a tribal aspect to it um and a joyful kind of um a joyful kind of mystery to it uh because it didn't it didn't have any it didn't have any words lots of singing but no words is what bill
3: used to say um this uh, this next song uh yeah this next song's got uh it's got lots <laughs> of singing but uh but uh, no uh but no words uh <laughs> so feel feel free to join in
2: <laughs> you know? Yeah, um, it was a very kind of like
3: dark and mysterious
2: kind of stage voice to him. <laughs> it was yeah. at, different, at different times, it always used to crack me up, though.
0: <laughs> so, so when I, we were direct messaging in this afternoon, you said, "Bill Born." This is what you said: "Bill Born has as much of an effect on how I and why I make my music as any member of my family, pastor, president. He will remain an indelible imprint on my heart as a friend and mentor." I'm dedicated to ensuring that his name is not lost to the knowledge of humanity. He was my hero and me, like some things, some things like a bill born should never, and will never come down. So when did you, uh,
2: you... yeah, I mean, it, it might take time. Um, the longer and the more people investigate this guy's lyrics, this, the way he made his music. Um, I think the more impressed they'll be, um, he had a, a particular he had a particular way of shaping shaping words uh and a particular simplicity to um to the music itself uh that that really like allowed for um allowed for his individual virtuosity particularly on on his instrument on his guitar to to come through the guy was an an absolutely phenomenal guitar player um particularly in the context of sort of canadian folk music but like just, just, a, just a fantastic sense of rhythm, a fantastic sense of just how to relate to his instrument. Um, yeah, like, uh, just this fantastic sort of relationship with his instrument, with his guitar.
0: When, when did when did you first realize the uh, the specialness of Bill Bourne?
2: Oh um, no, I remember. No, third weekend in August, nineteen ninety one, the own Sound Folk Festival. In Owen Sound, Ontario, and yeah, I was twelve. I just turned twelve, um, and I was backstage. I was in the backstage area, and there was this like this tumult of noise, this absolute like just this huge wall of sound that was coming up, and you know from the from the front of the stage. I was like, "Wow, that sounds great, man!" And you know, in my head, I heard somebody singing, and I heard somebody playing guitar, and I heard somebody playing a drum, and I heard someone playing a harmonica. And I heard somebody playing the bagpipes and I heard somebody playing the bass. And I thought, wow, this band's pretty cool. How many people are on stage? There's got sounds like there's, It sounds like there's eight <laughs> people on stage. And then I come around the corner. I remember this vividly. I come around the corner and I'm looking for the rest of the band. There's only three guys. There's Bill, there's Alan McLeod, and there's Jim Morrison. Um, and, uh, I was blown away. I was like, how the hell can three guys make this kind of noise? Um, And part of that was bill i mean he had the stomp going he had the harmonica going he was singing his face off um you know banging his guitar like it was a rented mule and and uh (laughs) you know and and alan mcleod like one of the loudest craziest like one of the better pipe players you'll ever hear in your life alan mcleod was is it remains a, a pretty crazy pipe player and alan liked to play loud Uh, Bill used to make Alan stand about 10 or 12 feet back from the front of the stage because he was just too damn loud and and Bill's ears would just start to get burned out by the end of the night Um, well whatever it's that's you know the old old joke why do pipers walk around when they play is they're trying to get away from the noise Mm -hmm. Um, you know and but so it's just this wall of sound and so and I met Bill and you know at the time he was This is, you know, like at the time he was still sort of sporting a different look. Um, how can I say that in a certain particular way? Um, yeah, probably around 94, 95, Bill got a a set of veneers done on the front of his teeth Mm. and it, it, it took his smile from kind of like a little crazy to something that was more approaching normal. Um, and it, it made his singing voice a little better. It was easier to understand him and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I remember when I first met him, I was like, holy cow, this guy's kind of, he kind of reminds me of some crazy old hillbilly or something, you know, or something, right? And then when I think about the timing of that, right, and then now I'm 42 and Bill died at, at 68, so okay, so he had 26 years on me, right? So Bill's not even 40 at the time, right? But to me, he had he projected this kind of like eminence, uh, a kind of connection to something larger and more timeless than himself and and he projected that when i was 12 years old like when i was when he was like 38 40 years old right around the age i am now he had this kind of mystique to him yeah um and and it was and i was i was struck by it immediately i you know my my mom uh had had been a fan also previous to that um you know so we made sure before we left owen sound that year to get copies of uh, Dance and Celebrate, and uh, the new Born of MacLeod record at that time, which was Moonlight Dancers. Um, and for my money, a lot of people like Born to McLeod, Dance and Celebrate. There's some good tracks on there for sure. But in terms of Born to McLeod, Moonlight Dancers kills it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's just like this. It's really well sculpted. I don't know who the hell produced that record, but Moonlight Dancers is fantastic. Bill's writing is as good or better than at any other point in his career in Moonlight Dancers. Um, he's saying some stuff that's a bit political definitely you know socially appropriate and things like that it was definitely folk music but i mean it just it just kicked an outrageous amount of butt um and and i was hooked i was like uh, you know i want to be in a billboard cover band mm-hmm. <laughs> and the moonlight dancers always home and
1: they left us poor boys all along those salty ladies poor boys forever a fall listen midnight bells are ringing listen up the voices sing we With that lovers can we call with the black like dancers come to call
2: You, you know, and that's, you,
0: I was like 16, you know. <laughs> did you uh, eventually introduce yourself to him or how, how did that happen?
2: Well, okay. So I met him really briefly at Owen Sound that year when I was when I was 12. Yeah. Um, you know, being, you know, being the son of Stan Rogers and they named this stage after Stan and stuff. It's like, I have a bit of an in at Owen Sound. It's fine. It's somebody else's fame, but, you know, I'm 12 years old and I don't know the difference. So, um, yeah, so I would just, you know, I went and he's putting away his gear and, Um, yeah, and I, mom and I went to talk to him and yeah. And so, you know, he was like, ah, cool or whatever, but, you know, um, you know, I'd say we didn't really become, become better than acquaintances until, uh, you know, probably until I moved out here, like until I moved out to Winnipeg when I was, you know, like 18. Um, and then he would come through touring, uh, you know, twice every, you know, twice in three years, or I would see him at three or four folk festivals in a summer. Um, you know, and that's where I would just sit down and shoot the breeze with him and pick up tips about, you know, touring or, you know, taking care of my instrument or, uh, you know, almost anything. He was always helpful with advice or things like that. Uh You know, in in a funny, you know, just in a funny way, I watched him coiling up his, uh, his patch chords, his guitar cables, and he kind of, he did it in a certain way. And then the last procedure in it, and it all seemed logical until this. The last procedure was for him to take the whole thing and tie it in a knot. And I said, Bill, what the hell are you doing, man? Like you just went all that time to coil it up so nicely. And then you what, you just tie it in a knot, like and he goes, Oh no, 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 check this out. This is great. Somebody showed me this. And he undoes the knot and he just kinda of throws the cord on the ground and it goes flip flap flop. And it's totally cool. It's totally fine. It's not it's not in a knot. There's no there's no kinks, there's nothing. It's I said that actually works pretty good,
3: man. And he's like, oh yeah, you know, and the thing is, uh, when you constantly uh when you're constantly rolling the cord in a in a curve, what you're doing is you're actually you're breaking the little tiny wires on the inside, and eventually you'll wear your cable out. But I've been doing this with these cables
2: for about five years now, and they're the same cables. So I think it works. And I went, All right, I tell you what, Bill, I'm gonna try it. <laughs> and aside from replacing some a couple of cables since then, just by necessity, I have a couple of the same cables, <laughs> and I just and I just do it that way all the time now. It's actually easier. I don't get cables snarled up when people do it the other way. I take it apart. I I, I fix it because like just taking that simple piece of advice, all of my equipment lasted longer. It was just super simple. But when you first looked at it, you were like, Bill, what in the hell are you doing? And then and then he explains it to you and you're like, like, no, you had it going on. okay. (laughs) And and I feel like I don't know, I think when people investigate his music, I think they'll find the same thing. You know, Grace is a really cool tune, but it certainly doesn't show you what kind of uh, what kind of writer the guy was, Mm -hmm. um, which is one of the things that really attracted me to his to his music in a long term kind of way. Um the sound of one record is great but for me to be involved in an artist for longer than one one or two records they need to have incredible composition skills like Don Ross or Oliver Schroer or Rick Wakeman or their lyrics have to be engaging enough with me that I want to hear what they're going to say next like Sarah Harmer yeah um or Kathleen Edwards you know it's like when when they when they start singing i just want to hear what the hell they're going to sing about next because they write well
0: you know i really like your uh your billboard um impression I, that is so good I don't know if anybody's told you yet oh it's, thanks I, it's like you're channeling him it's like just so good
2: well you know I spent a time I spent enough time with him and I picked up on you know certain of his his mannerisms you know he, especially like he would
3: he he used to tilt his head in that particular kind of uh you know uh you know it's, it's one of these things that uh and then and then he ta- like he was telling you a secret he got it really close and you go but yeah you got to keep it to yourself, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it like, nice.
4: And it could be anything, like it could be whatever, right? But
2: for, for him, it seemed like it had an air of mystery to it just because he was kind he was such a character, right?
0: We didn't talk much about, we didn't mention it specifically, but the meeting plate had Mitch's uh, for, for people like it must have been many times where he, did you jam with him there actually at Mitch's too sort of thing? Or No.
2: Well, no. Oh. Cause he would just come to Mitch's to eat and to hang out. Okay, like like the guitars would get out now and then he might sing a song or something like that, but not for the most part. And that was one of the things, you know, like, one of the things that I cherished about my relationship with Bill was that we were friends. Mm
5: -hmm.
2: um, And that he was a mentor for me, just as a human being, uh, that we were friends, uh, that he was a real person. Um, You know, the, the, the stage persona was really interesting. Uh, musically it was he had this incredible creativity um but mostly yeah like i just like hanging around with the guy and, and telling him jokes you know he was such a sweet guy and he had such a sweet heart and a kind and compassionate heart that telling him off color or inappropriate jokes was it had an extra measure of funny to it to me because like 'Cause that just wasn't how he ruled. He would never make fun of other people, right? So if I made some crack about, I don't know, some crazy terrible joke about Hitler or whatever, yeah. like he would definitely be able to see the humor, but you know, like at the same time you could see that he wasn't quite getting it because you know, because he just didn't find dark things funny in the way that I do.
0: You so know? did you did you uh ever have your guitar out with him like the two you have your guitars like with each other or anything like that? no
3: no no it just never no? quite no and because okay.
0: I never really sought
2: it out um when we played together at those couple of workshops or whatever he would play in yeah. on the tunes that I was playing he would you know throw a solo or, yeah. or whatever but yeah yeah it, yeah it was you know like we were friends first um he was a mentor and, and a friend and a and a guru of sorts Um uh, and I don't use that word lightly Um, he was, his response to the world, um, regardless of whatever had happened in his life, the ups or downs, his response to the world was almost uniformly to respond with love and sweetness and kindness. And that was something that in so many times and in so many places was out of my, out of my reach. Um, he just always responded with a kind of childlike innocence and naivete toward toward cruelty and horrible things, um, oh, hmm. you, you yeah. know, and he, because he just had this, he was just convinced that life was going to get better and that things were good. And that ultimately the universe was a place where love existed. You know, yeah.
0: can you talk about, um, his, his arc as a, as a musician, like he started with born in a cloud, maybe oh, mention some of those.
2: Okay. So we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll go back. Um, We'll, we'll go back into the early 70s uh, to talk about Bill's career a little more succinctly. Sometime around between 71 and 72, he had finished up with playing local dances, um, like square sets and things like that, because his family were very much involved with music in the Red Deer area and, ha- and had been very... His mother and his dad were, I think, guitar players or bass players and piano players. I think his mom played piano. Um, and... Uh, yeah. So, and it was, it was sort of graduating out of that. Like he would have been in his late twenties. Um, and he worked with a guy named, uh, Jim Morrison. Um, and you know, Jim ended up working with my dad for, for the last, uh, about three years of Stan's career. Um, and, um, yeah. Okay. So they were in a group called Sweetgrass. Bill hooked up with Alan McLeod around that time. And they joined the Tannahill weavers. They were part of the Tannahill weavers for a little while. Um, And then Born of McLeod was formed in, like, the late 80s, 86, 87, I'm going to say. Um, And then, yeah, and then we saw Dance and Celebrate came out, 88, I think, is when Dance and Celebrate uh, came out. And then Moonlight Dancers was 90 or 91. Um, And, yeah, and and then so the Born of McLeod phase, I mean, people just just loved it. Um, I think the notion of, like, having these cool songs that – are singable and have fun lyrics and stuff and then all of a sudden instead of a guitar solo it's like you know like you're not expecting necessarily like it's kind of sounds like country music some of these songs right so you're not really expecting suddenly Alan McCloud to blast in and be flat you know <laughs> and I think it took people off guard a little bit in a, in a very pleasant way, you know.
0: And won a Juno for them, actually, so.
2: <laughs> right, yeah, 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 Um, and, and great record. Bill was nominated for a number of Junos. He won a couple or three of them. I personally think he should have won a Juno for Sally's Dream. I think Sally's Dream, I don't know who the hell he was running against that year, but they must have turned in some serious quality because Sally's Dream is one of the best records I've ever heard. Um, Sally's Dream is the reason why I chose Rick Fenton for my first record. Um, that's why True Stories was produced by, by Rick Fenton, because I, I mean, if if Rick Fenton can do that with, with Bill Bourne and, and make me absolutely fall in love with Bill Bourne again, after I already just loved his music anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Sally's Dream is a completely stripped down set of performances from Bill, and each one is a single take. Mm-hmm. And that struck me as so powerful that he could be so genuine and so open and so honest about those performances and then if something didn't go right in one of the songs that if he flubbed a lyric and he if he broke a string or just screwed up a, 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 a solo they stopped they went back to the beginning of the track and he started again each track on Sally's dream is a single date get yeah, on down from out those
1: come on down from out- Tree. Come to me, my blue-eyed monkey And shed your light on me It's my force, broke my love Left me stranded dark and cold i need your kind wisdom In the warmth of your blue Take me home, blue-eyed monkey Take me home, Every heart had one thing Come to me, my blue-eyed monkey In him, my feeling and fear. I'll reward you, golden silver I will give, give you all I, all I home. For the song, it's my redeemer Blue-eyed monkey, take me home I'll take me home Blue-eyed right, monkey, take me home
2: Yeah, and, and well, yeah, and the, the Shannon Johnson Maria Dunn period where he was working with um, Shannon and him were uh, they did two records together. Um, Bill did a thing with a local theater company in Edmonton where they did like a musical uh, rendition of Scrooge around the holidays of like the Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. And no, I'm not, I'm not making this up at all. And Bill was like, I mean, he had his hat and his glasses and the snows falling and whatever else, and he's doing these songs right. And one of the people who was also involved, who played something like Tiny Tam or something, I want to say, was Maria Dunn. Maria Dunn was also involved, who also, if people listening, if you've never heard of Maria Dunn, you're doing yourself a disservice. D-U-N-N, Maria Dunn. She's one of the finest songwriters that this country has produced maybe ever. Um, certainly one of the finest Alberta has ever produced. So he worked with Maria and Shannon during that period. That would be sort of, um, that would be like early thousands into mid thousands. Uh, and then Tricon, the Tricontinental period, and they did two records. One of those got a Juno, um, and the performances with Tricon were fantastic. That's where uh, that was the period where Bill uh, composed Grace. I mean, all the Tricon period, I love Madagascar Slim and and Lester Quetzal are fantastic musicians, composers, songwriters. That was an interesting period for Bill, I think, too, because, um, you know, I think he he could rely on Lester and and Slim in a way that uh, his solo shows wouldn't allow him to. Mm -hmm. Um, And that they could do things, they could do things musically that he just, I mean, he was multitasking. We all know Bill is multitasking, that was Mm -hmm. his thing. He always struck me as that in a, in a kind of like, like not a one man band kind of way, like not a one man band kind of way, but like very much in that kind of like, I'm gonna do five things at once because ultimately I'll get it the way I want it, and it might take some coordination at first. But I saw him tell stories and like tell jokes, go on and on, and he would just stop in the middle of the song, and his and his left leg would just keep going boom <laughs> and he would just
3: be talking oh yeah to, the vikings they came you know they came into uh west newfoundland and uh they didn't really get a warm reception uh you know what i'm saying the locals weren't too keen so uh so anyway and, you know <laughs> you tell these jokes or whatever and the whole time and
2: then he would be like oh and nah, that's kind of how some of my ancestors got here and then he'd just like. and he'd just go back into it (laughs) and he'd never miss a beat it would never slow down it would never it would never change it was just it would that just metronome it was like a metronome that was stuck in the side of his leg
0: i just remember the last few times i saw him he'd have his he'd begin sock feet a lot of the time not bare feet but Two different colored socks, and they, they'd be just that. You'd be watching the the the, the feet. <laughs> Did you ever do? A, you must have done a workshop with them at least. Or...
2: Yeah, uh, we were definitely on stage together at the Tongue on the Post Festival in probably oh three or oh five. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we were on stage together at Stanfest at the Stan Rogers Folk Festival. Yeah, so there were a couple three times I got to I got to actually sort of sing with Bill.
0: And how many how many songs? of his uh are you do you already have oh
2: okay so like if i were to sort of make a list of all of bill's songs i can sing along to yeah like word for word i would say that it would encompass 70 percent of his recorded material um and then play and sing perform um upwards of 40 percent of his recorded material so like over dance and celebrate moonlight dancers voodoo king um, Sally's dream and farmer philanthropist musician I could probably perform 30 of those songs. I could like logically I could play two full sets. I would I would think like like 90 minutes of just bill of just bill material. If if yeah, if if I wanted to. Part of the reason I don't is is that some of those songs really just need a band. Um you know, home sweet home is is a is a cool little song. Um and the like, chord-wise, melody-wise, it's not a terribly complicated song, but it's one of those ones where like you add, you add Alan McCloud killing it on a pipe tune. Oh, Marson made it on the fateful day, and she relayed the parley with a no delay across the kitchen in a
4: rocking chair. She said, "Pass the bread because you had your share. We're going home, home sweet home, a little child of mine, come and sing your song if you can find the time."
2: It's not a terribly complicated little song but a sweet little song but then when you blast down mcleod's pipes you know every second <laughs> verse or whatever it takes it takes the whole thing up a couple of notches right
0: yeah well we're gonna we're gonna end with uh your song that we have that you uh gave us on facebook 20th century requiem and uh that uh your comment on that was that it was a favorite. This is one of your favorites and that it, uh the reasons are but are not limited to not understanding what the hell is happening in the song
2: <laughs> yeah 20th century requiem you know um he he sort of introduces these characters and they're nowhere else in any of his other songs they, they just they don't come up um but they're that these just like they the characters that he introduces in that song are these inordinately powerful people Um, One of them is like a savior creature. The other one takes the entire pain and sin of mankind upon himself um, in order to prevent further hurt and wounds to others. I mean, like these are immensely powerful people, but um, he speaks about them as though like he's viewing an old film of them or he's seeing them through a, a haze. Like even he doesn't, I don't even know if he really understood what What it was he was trying to say with that, with with "20th Century Requiem"? I, I don't know. Um, You know, I'll I'll reach into my sorrow for to win the lie. Like, what the hell is it to win the lie? Like, what does that even mean? I'll, I'll reach into my sorrow for to win the lie, and then I will bow before you until tomorrow.
4: It is burning, and the princess cries in vain. Her countenance, immortal tears, are worn. And though the reaper to curly, she has swept away all pain, though some will insist to you I'm alive. pass upon our grace until tomorrow.
2: time I, uh, you know that I really got in-depth with studying Bill's lyrics, I was also listening to a lot of yes. And I found, oddly enough, that John Anderson's lyrics and Bill's lyrics aren't all that different in certain ways. And because every once in a while, Bill would make choices for his melodies, or I should say for his lyrics or his phrases, that seemed to be based more upon the feeling that you get when you hear the sound or the denotative uh sorry the connotative value um versus the actual meaning of the word the denotative value um and john anderson i mean that was his whole thing it wasn't as much the word itself it was how you felt when he sang it Um, and i asked bill about sort of that and and when i did an interview with him like 20 years ago at u of w um and i asked him about it and i sort of called it a folk scat and this is before he had sort of written grace or anything and he said um and, you
3: know and he described it in a very particular way and, and he and he said uh, uh yeah you know the uh the you know the medicine man uh the shaman uh you know he'll go into a trance you know and long. Along the way, he'll experience a vision, you know, go on a vision quest. And, uh, you know, uh, as he's walking down this path toward the spirit world, he hears this song. And the song is what guides him along the way down his path to the spirit world. So then, so then when he wakes up, right, when he wakes up, he doesn't remember the path to the spirit world. He doesn't remember everything that he's told by his ancestors or the spirits. But what he mostly remembers is the song that he heard while he was in his trance. And that's the part that you know, when these guys they wake up from this trance, that's where they communicate this to, to the other people through song. But it doesn't have words. It's just got these impressions.
2: And that stuck with me, you know, really, really deeply, um, especially because I was also studying Buddhism at the time. And Buddhism sort of has similar things to say about the power of harmonic and sound and meditation. And Mm-hmm. Um, particularly, Japanese Pure Land Buddhism, um, uh, Nichiren Soku Kai, um, who who meditate simply on the name of the Buddha, um, mm-hmm. and and it's enough if you do the proper meditation in the name of the Buddha. You know, um, those traditions also believe in something called the mind-to-mind transference or the lamp of the Dharma, um, and it's about communicating things non-verbally. Mm-hmm. Um, and so back to Grace, that track, Grace, that we were playing mm-hmm. earlier. Mm-hmm. Grace, to me, is nonverbal communication. There's all sorts of information being relayed there. Um, but the kind of beautiful thing about it is that it transcends words. Bill, of yeah. all people, couldn't come up with lyrics that were powerful enough to go with that. Yeah. So what he did is he just he just sang it out.
1: of the engineer
0: King By Tricontinental, Bill Bourne and his buddies Lester Quitzow and Madagascar Slim on this tribute to Bill Bourne who passed away April 16th. Thanks to Nathan Rogers for sharing his love for Bill and his song. We will both be back together at the end of the show for some final comments. Nathan, of course, a great singer, songwriter, and musician himself, please check into borealisrecords.com and Bandcamp for his albums. And much more to come in the second hour, including a 2011 interview done on this show with Bill. This is 101.5 UMFM. Stay tuned.
2: Hi, this is Solon of the McDays, and you're listening to Planet Mainstage on 101.5 UMFM. This is Nathan Rogers. You're listening to 101.5 UMFM. Stay tuned.
1: In the sunny blue Meadow like you sing a song Peace in the air Love everywhere To us such a place belongs Look all around the world Easy go the days I'm talking about a future of happiness Where man and animals play there is a lonesome old buffalo roaming on the plains all alone he does not have anybody he doesn't even have a home he stands quiet in the morning sun his shaggy head is hanging low All oh, but his dreams fly high as the sky all right and he joined them by a Where do you think we are going Where do you think this will lead What are the things worth knowing That will satisfy our every need Well I stood upon the mountain top Saw the river running to the sea There was a long line of humanity Trying to get a boat To set them free And I saw a man with his family His love for them was clean and true He was searching in the trees For the river to take them To the God he knew And I read a book that told me Some things that seemed to touch my soul How old Abraham He was a humble man living in the days of old he just pulled out the stakes one day left his old world behind he did not know where he was going to he did not know what he would find where do you think we are going where do you think this will lead what are the things worth knowing that will satisfy every flowers in the sunny blue the meadowlark is sing a song peace in the air love everywhere to us such a place belongs where do you think we are going where do you think this will lead what are the things worth knowing that will satisfy our every Where do you think we are going to, where do you think this will be What are the things we know at all about that will satisfy our every need
0: John here. Welcome to hour two of this show, a tribute to legendary Canadian folk icon, Bill Bourne, who passed away on April the 16th. We started the second hour with the much loved song, Oh Buffalo, from Dance and Celebrate. So much more to come this hour, but first I'm excited to share with you an actual interview that I did with Bill from October 2011 Bill's band at that time was Free Radio Dance Band which included his son Pat and Pa Joe from African Guitar Summit Ah, the good old days with live interviews we caught Bill on his way into an evening show at the West End Well, we have the great pleasure of talking to one of my favorite musicians of all time Hopefully he's out there Bill Bourne, are you there? Yes, I am. Thank you very much. Whereabouts are you now, somewhere outside of Winnipeg?
6: Burden, Manitoba.
0: Uh-huh. That's about a couple hours away. Yeah. And no snow in the in the windshield or anything like that? <laughs> no, no snow. That's good.
6: good. Sunny day over here.
0: I'm sure you've seen snow in Winnipeg before a few times. Oh, yeah. Well, we have an amazing warm summer this year, so thank, thank you for carrying that on with us. So you were uh, starting a tour uh, just a few days ago, and last night in Saskatoon?
6: Last night was Regina, Regina. the night oh. before it was Saskatoon.
0: So Saskatoon, two nights ago. How was the audience? Great. They, uh, uh, they've seen you before, I imagine, in other incarnations. <laughs> yes. Um, so, uh, tell me about your new band.
6: Well, we went in the studio uh, April 2010 to record a record, and uh, my son, Pat's playing lead guitar. He's a, he's a, he's a bit of a rocker, eh? And um, so he's playing the kind of blues, rock guitar. My friend, Padjo, who's originally from Ghana in Africa and lives in Toronto now, he's a, he plays smooth jazz. He's also a, 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 like a world-renowned highlife player, African high-life. He's a beautiful musician, very, very accomplished. And Moses Gregg is playing bass. Um Moses is 24 years old. He's from Edmonton. Good friend of my son, Pat's. And Matt Blackie's playing drums. Matt's from Toronto originally. Great drummer. So basically what we do, and uh, what we did to record the album, we took the album all live off the floor. We just tried to keep open. It's, it's really in many ways, uh, like folk or blues. But we play it like jazz, you know, where the, the song it, it really sort of defines the form. But we just really try to be open with what goes down. And uh, sometimes it'll go one way, sometimes it'll go another.
0: Different every time you perform it, too, probably.
6: Yeah, right? different every time. And sometimes way different, you know. But I love to be in the moment with music like that, mm-hmm. where uh, you, can, you really allow anything to happen.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, you've got some rearrangements of some classics, like Columbus Stockade Blues and Maggie's Farm. Yeah. Why did, why did you choose those? Well,
6: Columbus Stockade Blues is an, o- uh, an old song, right? And my parents used to have a band, and they used to play that song. In fact, uh, my mom played guitar. or She was a singer in the band. My dad was an accordion player. And um, when she was pregnant with me, she used to play that song eh, with, on the guitar. So, like, the vibes went right in. It's one of those songs that's always been there In my life, you know And uh, it was interesting when when we recorded it And we realized we had a pretty good take of it I told Pat, hey man Your grandma used to play that song, you know And uh, I thought that was kind of hilarious Kind of a milestone for me That's for sure To record with my son And Maggie's Farm, of course Wow, it's a, a great song It's a fabulous song And a bit of a rave up, that song, you know mm-hmm. We like that kind of thing
0: so what are you what are you doing these days farming still? No no.
6: I haven't farms, I guess you know since I was a teenager helping my dad. You live so on a,
0: you live on a farm kind of though, don't you or?
6: Oh no, I used to. I, yeah? uh, when I first got married, I lived on a farm on the old farm, but uh, I've been living in Edmonton now for the last
0: 17 years. Well, I know you have uh, proudly state your Icelandic roots though, which are the lots of Icelanders and maybe there'll be some there tonight at the West End.
6: Yeah, well, I mean, my great-grandfather was a poet. He's known amongst Icelanders as the poet of the Rocky Mountains. His name is Stefan G. Stefansson. And he was a a big inspiration to me. He was a pacifist and a quite prolific writer, you know. So I studied some of his stuff. Uh, Great. uh, He he was a huge fan of Walt Whitman and people like that. eh? So a bit of a, yeah kind of uh, a good reference for me
0: anyway uh, they have a department of Icelandic studies as you know at University mm-hmm. of Manitoba and I think you came out to look at some of his original books I think out here or something yeah yeah yeah.
6: and I've been to Iceland four or five times playing music and, and uh, I remember the first trip I went there uh, the guy that brought me over Vidor and he used to teach at the University of Manitoba and uh, he's from Iceland and he gave me the complete sagas of icelanders which is five volumes it's all these uh accounts of the settlements of iceland and the, and the uh subsequent uh sort of evolution of the culture there and so yeah i have a lot of respect for the icelanders that and <laughs> funnily enough eh? When one of their main banks went broke, you know, in this recent crash that happened, Mm -hmm. the Icelanders voted not to bail out the bank. Mm -hmm. They just took the idea, well, the bank, it was there. they made all the decisions to do that, and they're an independent company, and uh, why should we bail them out, you know? So they, (laughs) I thought that was kind of interesting. Anyway, the Icelanders are, uh, they're uh, an interesting lot, those guys.
0: I like them a lot. Well, and you were collaborating with Ivor for a while. I don't know, where's she these days?
6: Yeah, Ivor, Paul's daughter.
0: Mm-hmm.
6: Uh, she's she's back in the Faroe Islands, and she's touring around. She has a band and does various things. And I haven't seen her for a while now since, for about three years, I guess.
0: That's about three incarnations ago with uh, collaborators. There's been more collaborators since her.
6: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I would love to, to hook up with different people. It sure keeps the music interesting, you know, and... Uh, and, yeah, it's challenging at times and uh, and a lot of fun, so.
0: Well, you, you know, you're mentioning the different performers, and uh, three of the cuts I find really nice uh, mixture of uh, lead guitar and smooth jazz guitar. Like, uh, uh, I guess it's uh, On the Sunny Side, which we'll play before the end of the show. We'll let you go soon, but On the Sunny Side's got a really nice dual guitar riff happening there. I guess Pa Joe and your son? That's probably? right, yeah. Yeah, That's and... Do you think this band will stay together long enough for a festival circuit tour next year or something?
6: We've got our fingers crossed on that.
0: So oh. mm-hmm.
6: We would love nothing more than to do a bunch of festivals next summer, yeah, for sure.
0: And, uh, well, you know, I think we'll just get on with some music. I just wanted to let people know maybe you can invite Winnipeggers out again. Tonight, one more time, and then we'll launch into Maggie's Farm. Yeah, we're
6: uh, we're we're playing at the West End Cultural Center. Uh, really looking forward. That's such a great old venue, and I always have a fabulous time there. The vibes are just excellent. So I hope to see a lot of Winnipegger spaces tonight. Yeah,
0: we'll let you get back to the road. I can hear the cars whizzing by.
6: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> uh, sounds like you got a great big bus there with uh, you know comfortable seats and. Yeah, we'll use our Im- on here. we'll Matt use our imaginations out in Verdun. Thanks, okay. Bill. Bill Bourne, Free Radio Dance Band. Thank you so much. Thank Take you. Bye bye. And uh, here it is, Bill's version of Maggie's Farm. We are rudimental. And Baby,
2: you are listening to UMFM Baby 101.5.
0: to Planet Mainstage, Music Without Borders, best in folk and world music each week. My name is John here live October the 8th, 2011.
1: It's what you get for loving me. It's what you get for loving me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything you had is gone As you can see It's what you get for loving me I ain't the kind of hang around With any new love that I found Moving is my stock and trade I'm moving on Won't think of you when I'm gone So don't you shed a tear for me Cause I ain't the love you thought I'd be oh. No I got a hundred more like you, so don't be blue. I'll have a thousand before I'm through. Now there you go, you crying again. There you go. It's what you get for loving me. It's what to get for loving me, yeah, yeah. Everything you have is gone as you can see. It's what you get for loving me. Jeannie Cause she walks a line I go. The lie I like goes.
0: Hi, hi again. Hope you are enjoying a tribute to Bill Born on Planet Mainstage. Wall to wall music of one of our favorites, who sadly left us this past week. In reverse order, that was Victory Train, Born and Johnson, Bill Born and the amazing fiddler Shadon Johnson. Again, suggested by Phil. Thanks, Phil. Little Green Men, Tricontinental. Another early favorite from Born in McLeod with Alan McLeod's Bagpipes in the Foreground, I Dream of Jeannie, For Loving Me from Boontang, and On the Sunny Side in Maggie's Farm from Bluesland by Bill's Free Radio Dance Band, tagging on to the interview with Bill done live on this show on October 8th, 2011. For our last two songs, first title cut from the 2017 album Hummingbird. The album features Bill's 1969 Gibson Hummingbird guitar as a storyteller and included 11 instrumental pieces. Bill said the guitar over 50 years old showed him doorways to knowledge and learning that are far beyond music. Then the song Hunker Down from Bill's last album Available on Bandcamp called A Love Fandango. And we'll finish off with some final comments again with friend Nathan Rogers. the ground We're talking about his spirit, spiritual side and we, we, we sort of struggle to understand it, but it was very loving and based on unity. And uh, you and I are both his Facebook friends. And I looked back and found, uh, it took me a little while, but I found this January 4th post, you know, it must've been known by then what was going on. And, and you, you read it and I read it and we both commented on it. And this is what it said. I love all my brothers from another mother. I don't know if you remember this one, everyone, we are in truth, un- unified in peace and love and forgiveness and joy every human being separation is an illusion and now we are leaving that little-minded idea in the past and we are all reaching into the present moment where time disappears and all life is infinite may god bless us all truth unfolds for us in the profound beauty of holiness so that that's yeah a, <laughs> that's the kind of thing you'd get from his uh from his from him, him, all the time. His posts—it was just, you know, such.
2: Uh, yeah, I think he had a he he had a, a very personal and profound connection to um to that other that, and when I say other, I mean like in capital letters, like capital O. Yeah. Um, that thing which is not us, and I and I think he yearned for that connection, and I think he cherished that connection when he encountered it. Um. For like People who used to see his shows maybe in the late 90s, early 1000s, um, they may remember that he kind of used to go into, a, um, uh, his his girlfriend at the time called it a flamenco trance, um, and he would just start into this solo in the middle of a song, and he would just tear ass into the solo for like, sometimes it seemed like a couple or four minutes, and it would just go all over the place, and he'd kind of figure it out, and then every once in a while, he'd be in the middle of some of these things. and really just like this click kicking away and then i would you know in my head i'm like okay bill like this is pretty cool but like he kind of look up and he'd go you guys are all still here <laughs> oh uh i guess i better go back to singing whatever it was follow the drinking <laughs> or whatever right in terms of how he believed in god he used god in my last communication with him he said you know he said god bless um and he capitalized the g um i think he had kind of um a Christian underpinning uh, to to his spirituality. I think he respected Jesus quite a bit. Um, I, I I think he appreciated the idea of a universally loving God, a respectful God, a you know a God that would that would save us and that would be good to us. Um, I think he liked that idea. Um, like a lot of people, I think that was a complicated thing for him. I and I can't speak for I can't speak for something that for him was clearly. Highly individual, uh, extraordinarily important, um, but also something that he never once justified and he never once backpedaled. Um, he was just always a man of faith. He was always a man of God. Um, he didn't understand that God. I don't think he understood that faith, um, but I don't think that mattered.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll leave it at that. Um, thank you for the song. And uh, I hope that your, your wish to keep his music alive and keep Bill Bourne comes true. I'm doing my, my bit to do it. I know you will, too.
2: Um, many years ago, in late 1984, in an elevator in Toronto, Paul Mills, who recorded my dad's records, and Mitch Fidolic, who we all know and love and remember, they had just walked out of the, the trial that was around my father's death and the death of all of those other people. And the two of them, between the two of them, they swore an oath that they would make sure that no matter what, that Stan wouldn't be forgotten. So I don't have a Mitch Fadalik to make that vow with. Um, I've already put Bill's songs in my in my sets for years. I've been playing his music at my own shows for years and years now. Um, so, so I'll make the vow with you, John, and with, with any of your listeners. You can be assured that so long as I'm able to, uh, so long as, I'm, as long as I'm able to play a guitar and sing a song, that I will be, uh, I'll be singing Bill Bourne songs that's my promise Uh yeah it's he's like uh, you know he was kind of like about halfway between uh billborn was about halfway between the best big brother i you know i could have asked for i guess um he was about halfway between that and and the uncle i always wanted no, that was really rude, um, but...
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, we, we, won't go that, we won't go into that literally, but anyway. <laughs> I saw your I saw your other posts, but anyway.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, well.
0: But yeah, thanks. Thanks, Nathan. John again. Well, that's it. Thanks again to Nathan Rogers for helping out with the show. Bill Bourne's memory is in good hands with Nathan with his musicianship, and passion for Bill. A great songwriter himself, visit borealisrecords.com and Bandcamp to purchase his music. And Bill Bourne himself at billbourne.com and Bandcamp. As usual, for more information and to subscribe to the show, visit planetmainstageumfm.com or email planetm at umfm.com. I appreciate your comments. One last saying of Bill. He said, The longer I've played, the more I've learned that it's a journey. And now I understand the energy of music. When you get that thing flying, you can have a lot of fun. Hope you felt that energy today. We'll finish with an all-time favorite, What Bill Would Have Us Do, from Juno Award-winning album of the same name, the prince of pizzas here haha <laughs> dance and celebrate stay safe be kind bye bye
1: la la, la, la. Is here. Together we will overcome oh, Dance and celebrate Your yeah, yeah, freedom from the evil one The king of kings is here Come on and dance and celebrate Come on and dance and celebrate Yeah, yeah, boom, Dance and celebrate The prince of peace is here All the nations